What's up, everyone? It's the Lob, the Jam, the podcast. I'm Chapon. Come to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I am doing well. I spent some time in LA and it was glorious. And now I'm back here in the Midwest and it is cold. So it's pretty much what happens to me when I come back here. The Clippers are almost back to regular season action. They have one more game in Vancouver against the Mavericks. They played a couple of games. Um, they played one game against the Nuggets and another game against Melbourne, um, an Australian team. And they went one and one. And Kawhi Leonard played in that Nuggets game. Uh, we can talk about that Nuggets game a little bit. I actually went to that game and got some interviews. Uh, and that game was actually on air. The Melbourne game was not. So you could only really see it if you were at the game. But really quick on the Nuggets game. Uh, any lasting impressions of that Nuggets game, Rob? Not really. I thought Kawhi looked extremely good. Yep. That was that was basically it. He played 11 minutes. He scored seven points, six assists. And that's what everybody's going to be talking about, and rightfully so. That's something that's a big question about this Clippers team is who's going to play make for others, who's going to pass. And, of course, the answer – well, one of the answers is Lou Williams, who always kind of – goes under the radar in terms of his passing and playmaking abilities. But Kawhi Leonard is one of the most complete players in the NBA. If you had to pick his weak spot, it would be kind of that playmaking element. So to see him making the kind of reads that he was making in the pick and roll and on driving kicks was really nice to see. I know it's not necessarily in his nature to be a quick decision maker, which is what Doc Rivers likes in his offense. But then again, Danilo Gallinari wasn't a quick decision-maker either last year, and he fit in just fine with the Clippers' offense. Kawhi Leonard, obviously, quite a bit better than Danilo Gallinari. So I'm sure he'll fit just fine. And yeah, I mean, I thought some of his passes were really nice, especially the Zubots on the pick and roll. A couple nice bounce passes. And uh, yeah, I mean, he just looked fantastic. Defensively, clearly not quite up to speed. Also, it's preseason. Um, but he looked healthy. He was moving well, and yeah, he was he was great. Yeah, Kawhi looked good out there, and and he was asked the post game presser just why, uh, how comfortable he was being a playmaker out there, and it's pretty much what the game called for. And Doc also mentioned that sometimes he'll just let Kawhi do what Kawhi does, and that's kind of probably what Toronto did as well. And he was a playmaker in this game, and he did really well. He had. I think the first pass of the game, he had Jermichael in the corner for a three, had a couple of nice pocket passes to Zubat, um, and just looked really fluid out there offensively. Had a really nice step-back three-pointer on his second basket of the game and a couple of mid-range shots. So he looked comfortable. He looked good. Really all you could ask for from an 11-minute debut in preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So he looked great. And uh, really the team, for the most part in that first half, looked pretty good. And that was really when their product they put out the more resembling what we'll see in uh, in regular season action. Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell actually started that game. Shamit uh, Green rounded out the starting lineup with with um, Kawhi Leonard. In the second half, I think they started Terrence Mann and Jerome Robinson. So it kind of shows you the step off. And the Nuggets kind of got loose at the end of the third quarter. Um Landry Shamit hit some nice threes, had a four-point play, mm-hmm. uh, looked much better that game. Lou Williams is Lou Williams. Montrez is Montrez. Really not 
too much to pick up. It was nice to see some Zubat catches and finishes. Um, Pat Patterson actually had a decent, has had a decent preseason. Yeah, he did. And uh, had some nice shots there as well. I had a couple of shots too. Aside from that, I mean, really not too much to say entirely about this game. Uh, it was pretty hard to watch in the fourth quarter because it's essentially just G-leaguers and the end of the roster. Um, anything about our supporting players that was worth mentioning, Rob? Uh, I don't I don't really think so. Um, you know, it was good to see Sham hit a couple of shots. I know I've mentioned several times that I'm not worried about a shooting. Uh, still, it was good to see those drop. Uh, Lou and Trez is just so much fun to watch them when they're in sync and playing together and loose. So that was cool to see. I did think it was kind of interesting that Motley only got five minutes. Uh, we mentioned on the last podcast he is not particularly impressed in Summer League, and he really hasn't received many opportunities to play. Uh, guys like Derek Wallen Jr. and Amir Coffey are getting a lot more minutes than him, actually. And while that could just be due to position, uh, I, I wonder if there's a possibility his two-way contract could be at risk. I'm, I have no inside information on that, but I don't know. I don't really see a ton of NBA potential there, at least at least not for this season. Um, the things he needs to work on, he seems pretty far away from, as we did discuss a little bit more in depth last week. And I just think it's interesting that in preseason, when it's usually a time where you want to feature your young guys, uh, he has really not gotten much run. Uh, neither has Fiondu Cabangeli, though. Uh, but Motley is, you know, obviously a bit older, a bit has a bit of NBA experience, is a guy you'd think might be somewhat more in the Clippers' plans to play this year, even on a two-way deal. But it has really not appeared so thus far in preseason. Um, we already talked about him last week. Did you have anything? Does that make sense to you? Is that something you, you kind of can get behind? Or is, yeah. am I just probably thinking too much about this? I, I mean, Doc has already kind of said that Motley is ahead of Cab in the rotation, but they're both end-of-the-roster type of guys. Uh, and I do think that the Clippers might be auditioning pretty hard for guys like uh, Walton Jr., especially to see, to see what he has and what he can offer, especially against somebody like Jerome Robinson, who – has been up and down, to say the least, uh, this preseason. Um, I think they kind of know what they'll get from Motley. Um, yeah. I do th- Motley's probably ahead of Cab right now, but that's not really saying much. Um, yeah, he's just they're kind of just end of the roster type of guys, especially uh, with the ability to play Jermichael Green. Uh, at the center at times too, and having Zubat and Trez there. Um, I did talk to a couple of people when I went to the game. I went to that game against the Nuggets, and first I can kind of talk. Uh, I talked with Terrence Mann and Landry Shamet before the game, and then Zubat after the game. And I was at the pressers with Doc and Kawhi. It was my first time doing this kind of thing. It was super exciting. So you can probably hear the nerves in my voice. First, I did talk to Terrence Mann very briefly about his role in the team. Uh, and really a lot about his the idea of him being an up-and-coming point guard possibly coming up the depth chart on this team. So take a listen to that. 
So she's on the Law of the Jedi, the podcast. Um, we're here with Terrence Mann, the Los Angeles Clippers. So Terrence, kind of piggybacking on where you were at, you know, your comfort level now kind of handling the ball. You know, I know you didn't play so much point guard when you were in Florida, um, but now, like, what's your comfort level? And I see that you're kind of playing a little bit more, you know, with Paul Kawhi. Is that something that we're kind of thinking about in the future? I know we're not talking a long-term starter, but it feels like your stock has been slowly going up and up and up, even through uh, early stages of training camp and now. Well, first, you know, being a point guard, is, is very tough, especially at this level. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of getting used to it. You know, as a rookie, it's kind of hard. You know, you, you got a lot of stuff coming coming in at you at a lot of different directions. So it's kind of hard to figure out things to grasp. But in terms of dealing with Kawhi and Paul George, like I said before, they have a lot of knowledge for me. Um, not only, you know, at a point guard position, because those guys don't play that position, but on the defensive end, you know, they, 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 they educate me on that. And it's, it's been cool. Have you been kind of comfortable handling from a point guard position during preseason? Summer league, you were looking great. You almost had that triple-double that one game. Um, yeah, yeah, point guard position is cool, man. You just bring it up the floor, you know, be a leader, and I feel like that's what I'm naturally what I naturally am. What are the biggest differences you kind of felt on this level? I know we're not quite at the regular season position just yet, but how are you feeling, feeling it out versus college? Uh, I think the biggest difference is the speed. It's a lot more faster. A lot of gaps close fast. Um, and then it's, you're not just out there hooping. You know, you kind of got to think the game while you're out there and make a lot of different reads. Huh. Are you kind of comfortable guarding those faster guards in that position on the perimeter? Is that somewhere that you feel like your strengths are? Where do you feel like your strengths are defensively? Because a lot of people talk about your intangibles there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I can guard multiple positions, one through four. But definitely the smaller guards, quicker guards are definitely more more difficult to guard. But, you know, good thing there's help defense. A good thing there's rim protectors and stuff like that. But right. I still feel like... I could do a pretty good job of staying in front. Awesome. Thanks, Terrence. So, yeah, I mean, Terrence is pretty exciting. I think uh, an interesting thing that Doc said in his uh, post-game presser, people have asked him a lot about Terrence Mann, was the idea that defensively, like I kind of talked about there, you know, Terrence is pretty excited about the idea of guarding anybody one through four. Doc mentioned that he's a great NBA man defender at this point right now, but off-ball – He's more of a college player. He kind of gets worked on cuts a lot. Um, how excited are you on, on man's prospects now after these first few preseason games? He got banged up a little bit this last game against yeah. Melbourne. Um, but just in general, just his confidence, handling the ball, his vision, his, his instincts, they're, they're all very exciting. But how excited are, are you, Rob? <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, I don't think – we're going to have a couple of Twitter questions about this, I, I sure. would guess, uh, just as we did last week. I'm not, you know, going crazy about him. I do think there's a lot there that's promising. I think the size and length on defense is very interesting. The passing and playmaking, just the nascent ability there is really promising. I think the way he reads the court and his ability to make passes while driving to the hoop is is really impressive for a guy who has not handled the ball much at a high level. Uh, you know, at FSU, he was one of their better players, but he was not a point guard. He played on the wing, and he did average a couple assists a game, but he was certainly not one of their primary ball handlers. So for him to be able to pass and make plays the way that he can, I think is really impressive. On the other hand, like you mentioned, he has been getting burned a fair amount on defense. Uh, the Nuggets kind of made their first run in the second quarter of that game, and one of the reasons why is their guards just torched. Terrence Mann and Jerome Robinson. I think it was uh, Malik Beasley and Monty Morris were just getting anywhere they wanted against those two guys. And 
you know, Beasley and Morris have more experience. Uh, they're a little bit older. They're more physical. It's to be expected. But still, you could see some of the, the development that still needs to take place for the Clippers' young guys on defense. And then offensively, a couple of times he shot, I think it's actually looked pretty good. But he just needs to be more confident and maybe speed up the release a little bit, kind of like we saw from Shea right. last year. And, you know, the ball handling is – considering that he was a wing – uh, I think it's it's pretty solid for being an NBA point guard. It's it's acceptable. I, I don't think it's all that much better. I think there's again some like flashes of craftiness and ability to maneuver and and change of pace that I think are really interesting. But right now, I don't think I'm expecting him to really set the world on fire as a rookie or do any kind of spectacular things. I know there were. After his first preseason game, I think there were Clippers fans who thought he might be starting at some point this season. Uh, if Terrence Mann is starting, something will probably have gone wrong or Doc is <laughs> truly just going off the deep end and experimenting, um, which I would be fine with, to be quite honest, because I think this season he should have some variability in terms of being able to experiment with lineups, and I wouldn't mind that. Uh, but I think Terrence Mann is, definitely has a lot of things to work on before he's a legitimately good plus NBA point guard. I think there are lots of flashes. Uh, I'm excited about him, especially considering where the Clippers picked him. But uh, I do would suggest pumping the brakes at least a little bit on some of the more fancy bull ideas out there. I agree. And from a Clipper rookie this year to a Clipper rookie last year, uh, Landry Shamit also has had some interest in handling the ball. He's had some good assist numbers this preseason. Um, and has looked to kind of pick up his game a little bit to be more than just a shooter. I did talk to Sham very briefly about his prospects being a ball handler and just really what he wants to bring to the table this year. And I talked to him for a moment, too, before that game against the Nuggets. Hey, it's Chapon the Love the John Podcast here with Landry Sham at Los Angeles Clippers. So, Landry, I mean... I know there's been some emphasis getting the ball in your hands, kind of trying to run some plays. I feel like I've seen it more in the preseason, had some good assist numbers. And I know you've kind of trying to emphasize the idea of, you know, not just being a shooter out there. So how are you feeling kind of comfortable with the ball in your hands and kind of that idea going forward since the team doesn't really have so many true point guards this year? Um, I would disagree. I think we have a lot of guys capable of the point and initiating. Um, but, I mean, I feel comfortable in whatever role is expected of me. Uh, whatever coaches and the staff and my team needs of me. Um, I don't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, I just work on, you know, developing myself and making sure I'm in a good position to be able to help us in whatever whatever uh, role, whatever is needed of me. Is there kind of more of a defined role that you feel like you're going to be having now with Kawhi and Paul and the team? How does your role really change now with this group of guys? I mean, it'll be different, and it's hard to say right now just because, you know, I haven't spent a ton of time on the floor you know, in-game action uh, with, with either one of those guys. Obviously, it's game three, and neither one has played yet. So, um, I mean, there's still there's still going to be some, some things to learn and develop and get myself familiar with. But, I mean, it'll change in some ways. Ultimately, those are two all-stars we're adding to our, our group. Um, so, I mean, it's just going to be different. But, 
Um, my preparation doesn't change. I still expect a lot of myself and, and want to want to help us win games. Awesome. Is there anything individually that you feel like you worked on, particularly in the off season, or is it just kind of a little bit of everything that you wanted to show now that we're getting back to regular season games? Yeah, just a lot. I mean, worked on everything, rounding out a lot of things, uh, understanding that teams are going to defend me a little bit differently because of the year I had last year. Um, so. I don't ever want to be put in a box, so finding counters to how I expect defenses to play me and just developing and being a good basketball player. Awesome. Thanks, Landry. Thanks. And that was a little bit from Sham. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for Sham, too. Sham also got dinged up, <laughs> hurt his wrist against Melbourne, his left wrist, I believe. Um, nothing particularly major. Um, he's he's an exciting player. He's been kind of up and down as far as his shooting goes, but like we've mentioned, Rob, I don't, I don't think there's anything to worry about Shamit really in general. Yeah, I, I really – that is very, very, very far down on the list of things to worry about this season. Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned about him at all. And I, very briefly after the game, I talked to Vika Zubat, and uh, he kind of talked about – Kawhi, playing with Kawhi and his fingers, which is like a topic I've wanted to ask him about for a long time. Was that two men something that you guys worked on in practice? Because your chemistry was immediate out there. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have much time yet, but, uh, you know, it felt kind of natural. It's just, I just did my stuff and he would find me and uh, just felt natural, like two basketball players making plays and... uh, as the time goes, it's going to be better. Have you had more comfort with like your fingers? Because you've been catching all your passes. <laughs> and I know last year, all, all season, we know you had a lot of damage yeah, in your last, fingers. Last year, I was messed up. Like uh, <laughs> I came, I remember my second to last game with Lakers, I uh, broke a little bone in, mm-hmm. my, uh, in my finger. So that was already there. And then after all-star break in a practice, my, I... I sprained a tendon mm-hmm. in, uh, in my palm, and uh, it was tough, but, uh, you know, I got through it, and I feel healthy now, so should be back to myself. That was a little bit from Zubai. You can hear how excited he is just playing with Kawhi. By the way, Zubai is just, like, the nicest dude. Like, he was talking about yeah. El Camino and uh, the break- and Breaking Bad for a few minutes, like, in the, in the locker room. Yeah. Just, like, really accessible, super, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's nice to look, hear about his fingers and the f- fact that he's feeling better from a health perspective. And he's catching balls, so you can kind of tell uh, not just his body as far as being in shape, but his fingers seem to be hopefully healed up. And now he won't be dropping as many passes as he did last year. Um, the Clippers are actually scrimmaging right now, too, which is exciting. Uh, I don't know really what to make of scrimmages, but I know I have a couple of buddies who are taking pictures and they're at that scrimmage. Paul George is a participant too. It's just an exciting time to be a Clipper fan. Um, Generally just excited. The Clippers also played a game against Melbourne that neither nobody could watch unless you were at the game. I don't really, I don't really have much to say about that game. I mean, just looking at the box score, um, you know, there were some there were some encouraging performances. Uh, Montrez Harrell had a nice game. Pat Beverly, uh, Derek Walton Jr. Uh, showed out a bit, and he's been getting some nice reviews as a Clipper. Uh, so possibility that he could be a, a roster hold. How excited does that make you, Ralph? <laughs> oh, it would make me very excited. <laughs> Uniting Michigan and Clippers. Well, really, I mean, Jamal Crawford went to Michigan, but. He wasn't there for that. very long, and yeah. there was also, 
I was like four at the time. So Jamal Crawford is pretty old. Uh, So um, not as much connection. Derek Walton is, I don't know, a Michigan legend is is probably a stretch, but um, one of the better players to to be at Michigan over the past decade, which is really saying something Mm -hmm. uh, because of how many NBA players they've had. Just a really, really, really good college point guard. And a guy who definitely somewhat undersized, but reminds me a lot of just a lesser Pat Beverly uh, in a lot of ways. Just very competent, can hit the outside shot. Um, tough on defense despite his size. He really makes an effort. He really grinds. He doesn't have Beverly's long arms, and he's also an inch or two shorter. So he'll never have Beverly's career, but I think he's probably a more natural ball handler and playmaker than Beverly is. So I think he's an NBA player. I mean, if the Clippers don't sign him or keep him, it wouldn't shock me. And, you know, it's not like it's going to be a Joe Ingles situation, I don't think. Uh, But I think he's shown enough this preseason um, and overseas and in the G League to get an NBA contract from somebody. I hope he does. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, he'd be the 15th player on the Clippers. And while having an extra point guard and ball handler is something they need, I think the flexibility for them – is also really important. So it would not surprise me to see them part ways or for him to, you know, be in the G league, but he did get an exhibit 10 deal. So he'll get a bonus if he signs with Agua Caliente. But um, yeah, I mean, nobody else has really stood out. I think the rest of the end of the bench guys really haven't gotten any real run. Uh, Terry Lerier and James Palmer Jr. have already been waived. Dante Grantham is still on the team. He really has not done anything that I can tell right. uh, I'm guessing I don't know who his agent is I'm guessing it's an agent favor or just because he's good in in practice um, Walton I think has at least an outside shot to make the team or like I mentioned it it would not entirely shock me if they actually cut Motley from a two and signed Walton instead I don't think that'll happen but that's another possibility um, Amir Coffee has played okay yeah. um, I haven't seen like a ton from him also got hurt. Yeah, the Clippers have gotten nicked up a lot. I mean, nothing serious, but yeah. still, it's just preseason. Even five games seems like too long at this point. I think yeah. I think four should be the maximum. Really, three is probably all you need. I think that there should be more practicing and just in-squad scrimmaging um, and probably less of actual preseason games. But has, Pat, has, has Pat Patterson impressed you much? I thought he was – pretty solid against the Nuggets um, just in terms of knowing where mm-hmm. to be on the court. And mm-hmm. he hit the three. He got a couple rebounds. Yeah, uh, apparently he was good against Melbourne. Um, he was. You know, by the box score, he played quite well. I think considering the position he's on the roster in terms of being like the 14th man, you know, I think he's very good for that. Like, I think he could be the 11th player on the Clippers and they'd still be in pretty good shape. So the fact that he's that far down the depth chart is a good sign. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily count on him much this year, but he looks to be in pretty good shape. He looks like he's still moving around the court okay, and he's hitting his threes, which is something he has not been able to do much in OKC. Mm -hmm. So that's a good sign, again, just preseason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he looks good. Um, Yeah, I mean, all the Clippers veterans really have looked good. I think in terms of their, their results and them losing to the only two NBA teams they've played, one, it's preseason uh, two, the Rockets, as we discussed last week, played all their key guys, big minutes, including James Harden. Uh, the Nuggets, too, played their key guys a lot more than the Clippers did. 
And I think the Clippers have looked as, uh, you know, kind of sloppy in terms of their overall team play. But I think the individual players have all looked pretty decent. Uh, it's our favorite player to talk about. What have you thought about Jerome Robinson? You were at the game against the Nuggets. He got a pretty yeah. fair amount of run. He played 25 minutes. What did you yeah. think of our, uh, our good friend Brock? Uh, Jerome Robinson. <laughs> he couldn't play defense is, is something I noticed pretty quickly. <laughs> He's getting burned a lot on defense. Um, but the Nuggets are really good. Um, so it's hard for me to really give him too much slack. He got 25 minutes in that Nuggets game and wasn't really um, impressive at all. He played much better against Melbourne. At least it looks like from the box score. I saw some of the highlights. He had a monster dunk. Um, that's great. Played 32 yeah. minutes, which is probably maybe the high of any player this preseason. Um, yeah, of any Clippers player, I believe it is. I think Mann might have been the highest previously because he had 28 in the first right. game. So I think. Yeah. I don't think anybody has cracked 30. So. I mean, Rome is the same. He has. He's a competent ball handler. He has what looks to be a very silky shot, um, but the results have been up and down. Yeah. Uh, he he gets lost. He, just like he did last season, he often gets lost. He he he's a good man defender, I think, kind of like maybe Terrence, but he gets lost off the ball. He he's not the strongest, you know. He has a good frame, but he's not the strongest defender. A lot of people kind of decided that he's maybe a a, def- a plus defender. I, I don't really see it just yet, and I feel like every time I watch him defend, he gets trashed. So it's hard for me to say that he's a great defender. Um, he has intangibles to be better on that end. I just have the same kind of feelings I had for him last year. Not much has changed. You know, yeah. he he's somebody that can be a playmaker, but he just doesn't have. You know, he probably just doesn't have the confidence just yet to really do it consistently. He gets gets kind of frustrated with himself, and it's nice to see him get these dunks that he's had. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Know? I think he's been more aggressive this preseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been more confident. Again, I think the actual results are a bit if you're really I think for him it all hinges on that shot if he's actually a good shooter then he'll probably have a nice NBA career if it's more like he's a fine shooter like he can shoot but it's not really a big plus skill uh he might not have a very nice NBA career um because I think that'll open up everything else if if people really if defenders have to really respect his shot and have to close up hard That'll play up his ball handling and playmaking a little bit more. And he's just not explosive driving to the hoop. But if he can get clear lanes because guys are closing up hard, he'll be able to finish a little bit easier. So I think there's definitely talent there. I know we, we've kind of been rough on Jerome. Um, a lot of that was because unfairly because he was drafted in the same class as Shea, who became kind of a sensation for the Clippers and was just so good last year. Uh, and has already kind of become this beacon for an entire franchise on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and it was just, you know, not really fair to Jerome to compare him, but he was picked two spots later. So it is what it is. Yeah, I, I think a lot hinges on that shot. Like you said, I think defensively the tools are there. I think the effort is there, but yeah. he's not quite strong enough. And yeah, off the ball and just help defense. He's, he's kind of lost, but I think the tools are there for him to be at least okay there. I do think the playmaking has looked improved so far in preseason. I think he's looking to pass a little bit more. I think he's putting a little bit more zip and creativity on those passes. So I'm certainly not blown away, but 
overall, I think it's been a decent preseason for him. I remain unconvinced he should be a part of the Clippers rotation in the regular season, barring injury or load management or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, do you have any other thoughts about the Clippers' last two preseason games? I mean, not really. The The coolest thing was seeing Kawhi out there, and uh, he's really good, man. <laughs> he's just so effortlessly good. And, and the way the Clippers are going to play with him on the floor is going to be so different than than ever before. It's He's so – he's got so much gravity on the basketball floor. Like, everything seems to kind of – you just seem to kind of always have him in the corner of your eye, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, because as soon as he grabs it, things happen. It's just so interesting watching him versus the team we had last year, even just watching him versus Danilo Gallinari, just like very different uh, kind of isolation type of games when they're in their, in their uh, command of their games. And Kawhi is just, he's so good. He's like so hard to defend. He really has rounded out his game really well, and it's just exciting yeah. to watch him. Goodness. Yeah, it's crazy that he's on the Clippers. Yeah, I still kind of can't believe it. Yeah. Um, not really much else to say, exciting for this last game, and then we'll be getting to the real games, and that'll be fun. Do we have any Twitter questions, Rob? Well, actually, before we do get to Twitter questions, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about these jerseys. All I, right. But I just want to say, I've probably said this quite a bit on here before, I'm kind of different from a lot of NBA fans that I just don't get into the side stuff. Like, I care about basketball. Like, I like watching basketball. I like watching the Clippers. I'm not really into jerseys or shoes or any of, like, or the courts. Like, I can acknowledge when something looks good or looks bad, but it really does very little to sway my opinion on things. Mm -hmm. Um, With that said, I I think you have somewhat of a stronger opinion than me. So, what? yeah, what did you think of these, these jerseys? I think they're fun. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going crazy. I don't think it's like the most exciting thing, but they look kind of cool. I mean, yeah. I, I have a Kawhi uh, jersey with the original print with the with those bold letters, and I'm not switching it out anytime soon. I'm fine with the jersey that I have, but I think they look fine. They look kind of cool. They're kind of stylized. They remind me of of uh, Grand Theft Auto more than anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody's been saying. Yeah, but they're, they're Which, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I like them a lot, to be quite honest. I mean, again, certainly no fashion expert. My girlfriend would laugh, <laughs> uh, possibly to an unhealthy amount, if she heard me giving <laughs> speeches about uh, fashion. <laughs> NBA jersey fashion. Yeah, even that, I, I just... I'm highly unqualified if you just looked at how I dressed on a regular basis <laughs> and what I think looks good. Um, you know, <laughs> there'll be a lot of questions, but I, I like them a fair amount. Like you mentioned, it does have kind of like a video game thing. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, I'm not a huge, I know the games, obviously I've played them, but it's not something that would have come to mind immediately for me, but I do think they are very Los Angeles mm-hmm. um, for better or for worse. Maybe it's trying a little bit too hard. But I like the styling. Uh, I like the, the color contrasts a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I like them. I'm not like you. I'm not blown away. It's not like those, uh, which I'm not even a fan of, but I know those pink heat jerseys mm-hmm. have some diehard fans. Like People think those are just the coolest things ever. I'm not going that far. Uh, but I think they're good. I think they're certainly an improvement over a lot of the jerseys the Clippers have worn the past couple of years, which a low bar, but, um, I mean, really, I, I haven't really loved any of the jerseys since we had 
the original like Laker ripoff print with the cursive. <laughs> like I like that. But since then, uh, I like the Christmas jerseys. Last year, those were cool. Yeah. Yep. Those, those are, are cool. Good. But aside from that, I mean, it's just been a lot of this this logo that we can't get rid of. So <laughs> I really just miss those baby blue. Yeah. I those I just I like sweet. blue. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't really have too much else about the uniform. So I was just thought we should mention it. It did get a yeah. fair amount of buzz today. Yeah. Um, Doc Rivers did have a brief comment about the Daryl Morey thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it was really not much of a comment. He at one point said I agree with Daryl, but then kind of I think backtracked or oh, somebody yeah. clarified that he meant just about his right to have free speech. Oh have, you been, have you been following this at all? Like, I just want that story to be over with, but um, I wanted to see if you had any, any takes on it. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's tough because, you know, this whole thing with LeBron talking about Maury being uneducated was just such a bad take. Like, it was such a bad thing, such a bad phrase to say. It's one thing to be kind of protective about like business aspects, but if you're going to call somebody uneducated, then you need to be really up to date on what's going on. And who knows if, if LeBron is or who really is. I kept up a little bit on about what's going on in Hong Kong. I'm no, I'm no expert. And I, you know, I would side with, uh, with Maury and, uh, and what he's been saying about democracy and uh, for, for people in Hong Kong and their history with China is, is very yeah. long and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into detail on it. You guys should look it up if you're interested. It's a very pertinent subject that everybody should have a little bit of an idea about, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just, it's, it's a tough place and it's the whole thing with LeBron has been the biggest bummer because he's been a big champion of democracy elsewhere but he sounds like a yes man here. And a lot of LeBron's like gravitas, especially versus somebody like, like Jordan, who was completely quiet on anything political. I think people appreciated LeBron for being like a modern superstar, especially in a progressive NBA who was willing to talk up and not be just an athlete or a yes man. But here he kind of just seems like a mouthpiece. And that that's a bummer. That's a big bummer to me. I, I think we kind of know where Doc Doc's feelings are uh, they were they w- they would be yeah um, but it's just a really really touch and go situation here. Do you yeah. have anything to say about this whole Hong Kong thing? No, I can't say I know that much about it. So I prefer to keep my mouth shut. I think <laughs> the interesting thing on Twitter is all the faux outrage about right, LeBron right. and about Maury and the NBA's response. When really, how many of these people knew or cared about these Hong Kong protests before right. Maury tweeted about them? I don't think I saw a word about this on Twitter ever until Maury tweeted about them. No, I, there weren't people going around my timeline on NBA Twitter talking about how, you know, the Hong Kong protests and, the, you know, this is a big thing. But as soon as Maury tweeted about it, it kind of blew up. So... I'm I'm not going to state a position really, and I don't know enough to really say anything. But I do think there is a lot of kind of just need to say something and say anything that goes on right now, and it's just very tiring. Like I wish this story was just over already. I guess I'm propagating that by bringing it up here, uh, but I was just curious to see if you had anything to say. And oh, I yeah, just wanted I mean, to say, if you ask me about it, uh, here's my official thing, which is I don't know, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Ask somebody more qualified than I am about international affairs or 
um, the recent history of China or, or something that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know enough either. I just know a little bit. But it is, I hope it does bring about some just people looking it up more rather than just mouthing off about it. I think that's stupid and not yeah. going to get us anywhere. Uh, it's a tough spot for LeBron to be in, especially. Um, yeah. Because I'm sure he felt pressure to just say something about it. And uh, this has not been very graceful, this whole thing, not just with Maury and LeBron, but with NBA Twitter and just the backlash to it. And it's, uh, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, it's been a mess. But yeah, Google yeah. it. Google it, everyone, if you're bored. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, if nothing else, I think it's good that people are looking into international affairs and topics more. I think that's always a good thing to know what's going on in other countries. But um, the specifics just regarding the NBA, he'll pass by pretty quickly. But yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to Twitter questions? Not particularly. Okay, great. We only have a few today. Uh, it's a Tuesday night. It's you know kind of quiet. So the first one from Lob City Bandwagon uh, at LaSoft Parade is new suits with uh, foos gone wild lettering. Love it or hate it. We just kind of yeah. talked about this. It's good. Uh, neither really. I'd lean more towards like it than hate it, but yeah. I don't feel too strongly one way or another. Yeah, same. Okay. Next one from Julian Gabriel at Melted Ice Cream. Nice, nice name. Uh, do you think Terrence Mann is going to be better than SGA? No. Stop this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is there a chance he is? Sure. Like, you know, it's possible. But do I think that? No. Um, Shea is younger than Mann was. Shea is already better than Mann is. And the ceiling on Shea is much higher due to his scoring ability, his ball handling, um, just the way he he's able to make plays on the court. And while I do think Mann will be good defensively, I don't know if he's quite at Shea's level defensively. Yeah, it just – it would be very surprising if Terrence Mann were to be as good as Shea is. I think he could be as good as Shea is now or as good as Shea was last year. But as good as I think Shea is going to be, um, no. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Next question from Owen at – Udat Neal, what signs would you use to predict load management games? I want to see at least one game in LA this year. I don't live there. And I want to see as much <laughs> Kawhi and PG as possible. This is a really interesting question. That's a good question. Um, and quite honestly, I don't know. <laughs> um, I would guess conference games against big rivals are more likely to for them to be playing. Um so obviously, think, you, you would stray away any back-to-back. Yeah, certainly avoid back-to-backs. Um, I would avoid any game where, which the Clippers could probably win on their own. So if you're in L.A., it's obviously a home game unless they're playing the Lakers. If it's the Clippers playing the Cavs at home or the Knicks or Hornets, I might stay away because I think Doc thinks he could probably rest Kawhi or Paul George and the Clippers would still easily win those games, and he should be right. Um, so games like that, I mean, I think I would be kind of surprised if they were load-managed against, like, the Lakers or the Rockets or the Jazz or Nuggets or really any of the top Western Conference teams, barring some, you know, unique 
scheduling. If it's like a four and five, I don't know if the Clippers even have any of those. Right. Uh, you know, that's a possibility, but I would try to go, I know those games will be more expensive because they're higher quality against, you know, quote unquote rivals. But um, yeah, I would, I'd probably lean more towards those. Do you have any other ideas? Uh, yeah. I mean, back to back to my biggest thing. I think, yeah, you're right. If it's a crappy team, then Doc might think about getting away with it. Um, aside from that, I mean, yeah, you just have to look at the schedule. Just got to see how heavy the schedule is and, yeah. and who they're playing. It's tough. It's always going to be tough to predict. Yeah. Um, next question and last question from Alfredo Rodriguez at Miami Giveaway. Sometimes it's not enough being first in the West. What really proves your elite is who you beat to get there. Which of the Western teams must clip defeat, read season series win 3-1 or 3-0 based on division? The claim that spot Lakers, Rockets, Nuggets, Blazers, somebody else. Um, I mean, I think in the regular season, the Nuggets are probably the favorite to win the West right now, um, hesitantly. Uh, the Rockets, I think, are up there. In terms of just a team that it would look great if the Clippers beat them four times, the Lakers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think that will happen both due to matchup things and just because the first game of the season is against the Lakers. And I think the Lakers are going to come out very hot. Um, But I would, to answer the question of like, which team kind of would the clips look best by owning of the top West teams, I'd say the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers, the Rockets, um, the big duo teams, the Nuggets, the Nuggets are going to be, I think that, yeah, the Nuggets are going to be good. They're like a really great regular season team. Uh, the Rockets are always a good regular season team. Um, the Nuggets are going to be really good. I think we're going to have problems with them too, just because of Jokic. Um, Jokic routinely destroys us, and we don't have a center that can really stop him, I don't think. So he's going to be a problem. I'd be surprised if we uh, if we dominate that season series. Same thing with the Jazz with Gobert. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I don't take too much stock in, you know, going three, one, four, Oh, in a regular season thing. There's so many intangibles that go into it, but it'll be, you can definitely take away a lot of things matchup wise in a regular season matchup, uh, for sure. But I, I'm not too stressed going two two versus three, one, you know? So, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think this team is not focused on the regular season. Right. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's all the Twitter questions. And I don't think I really have too much else. You know, the preseason is nice. It's fun. It's far, far superior to August and September, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is not regular NBA basketball. I think we will be back next weekend. uh, One more episode before the Clippers first regular season game, I would presume uh, to talk about their last preseason game, just wrap up any preseason training camp, roster stuff and just around the NBA stuff. I'm sure there'll be some cuts, maybe some very minor trades as team kind of shuffle roster spots. So there could be something interesting to talk about next week. Uh, but yeah, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? No, I think, I think that'll do it for this episode of the law of the agenda podcast as always. Thanks for listening. Everyone leave us a rating and a review on whatever you listen to us to. And as always go Clippers.